Welcome to PK I'm Mike, where we are honest and open and real, talking through becoming the people we are designed to be, designed and living for a purpose. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of 2.5 PK on Mike. Got a good one tonight. I'm trying to get some things set up for y'all tonight. So we're going to talk about a couple things tonight. We're going to first talk about uh, this weekend, some things going on, catch you guys up on um, some jiu-jitsu stuff going on, which has been awesome. So many lessons learned from that. Um, and then we're going to talk about you know, mask a little bit. We're going to talk about this COVID thing a little bit. Um, fear, but that's going to be the topic is fear tonight. And so hope you guys jump on, got the comments going. So if you want to say hi, feel free to do that. And um, we'll get after it tonight. I'm playing with another screen right now because I'm going to read something to you guys later on. But uh, let's get into this. All right. So um, fear keeps on popping up in my life as far as things I'm listening to, things I'm reading in a lot of different areas. And I think we all experience in some way. One of my favorite quotes is, um, fear, uh, courage is not the freedom of fear, but being afraid and still moving on. Right. And that's kind of the essence of courage right there. Give me one second, guys. Finish this up. Hope you guys are doing well. Allow some people to jump on real quick. There we go. There we go. Cool. Now we got all going on. All right. So let's get into this. So this weekend, hope you guys are doing well. This weekend, we, uh, as I talked about last week, got into this jiu-jitsu thing about four and a half months ago, and I'm learning so many lessons as far as like staying calm while you're getting smothered, um, learning that um, there's always different angles and different things to look at it. There's nothing to freak out about. When you freak out, you get in trouble, you get choked, you get smothered, right? And so four and a half months in, I've been um, part of an amazing gym, amazing people. And uh, so let me flash back, right? So this past weekend, I was fortunate enough to win a tournament. And uh, it was the uh, IBJJF still learning all these titles, a national championship. It was fun. It was great, great competitors, great people. Um, it really was a team win because there's no way I'm ready for that tournament um, without the people I train with and help me out and grow me and smother me and all that good stuff. And there's a lot of lessons in this last four and a half months. But what I want to talk about tonight is, and I want to encourage you guys as we go forward and to think about this as we talk tonight, is that win doesn't happen unless I step out of my fear and take steps to my first tournament in October. So I was three months in, two and a half months in at that time. I see July, August, November, three months in. Um, and I decided to do a tournament. And the reason I decided to do a tournament was because one, I was scared. I was fearful. 
I've never done this before. I don't know what it's like to compete against another guy one-on-one. -on -one. All my sports, all my life have been these team events where you have other people, you're on the field, you're battling together, and this is like a one-on-one -on -one thing. Um, at that time, I still, I mean, I'm so green, and so I want to be very respectful to the history and culture of Jiu-Jitsu. I think that's really important. And uh, I am just so green. And uh, Mike came into my nutrition club, and I was asking him, should I do the tournament? And he just kind of gives you this look. He doesn't tell you yes. He doesn't tell you no. Um, and I decided, all right, I'll go ahead and do it. And I went one and two. I lost. And uh, I learned a lot of lessons from those losses. One, um, and so going back, I'm not going to go into those lessons right now, but I was one and two, and I left the tournament thinking, all right, look, it was fun. It was good. Um, I had this idea I could have done better. Um, I shouldn't have lost the two matches that I did. But regardless, out of the fear of not knowing the unknown, I didn't know how those worked out. I was scared to lose. I was scared to get choked out, and I actually got choked out and had a tap in one of those matches, my first tournament. I learned a lot. And so fast forward to this past weekend and winning the gold medal, that's a result from my two losses previously. And so you have to understand, I think oftentimes, and we'll talk about this more, is there's things out there that's holding you back right now and you're not taking the steps forward. But if you don't take the steps forward, you can't become what you're designed to become. And I think that's really important um, to understand that. And so this past weekend was absolutely amazing um, just being on the mat. And I want to thank again everyone who's been part of that um, journey. And again, I don't know where this is going. I know I just love it. I love the family atmosphere that we have at our gym. Um, I love competing. That's just who I am in general. And look forward to just continuing to get better and um, having fun with this. And uh, lessons along the way and so that's what happened this weekend got a medal yeah right probably go back in the box or something i don't know um because it's more about just the lessons for me being learned so um awesome stuff guys so if you're not part of a gym and aren't doing a discipline like that i highly recommend jiu-jitsu it's something someone actually pulled me into it um, in 2005 they took me to a gym in lubbock and I did one class and never went back for, I can't even tell you why I didn't go back. Um, I didn't want to get punched in the face and I didn't know what it was all about and all that other stuff. And here I am I'm now 39 years old, four and a half months in and wish I would have started earlier. But that wasn't part of my plan. That wasn't part of my journey. But now it is. And uh, we'll see where that goes. And so um, I encourage each and one of you guys go try, take a free class somewhere, find a gym local to you. If you're in the Rockwall area, come out to 316 BJJ and we're going. And so uh, pretty awesome stuff, you know, and it relates to like I'm an entrepreneur, right? So I have a health coaching business, which is tons of fun. And I, it's been an amazing eight years, like the traveling, the financial stuff, the relationships we're building with customers and team members. Um, have been some of the best times in my life the last eight years coming from a corporate America job where I was working 50 plus hours a week and absolutely hated it. I hated waiting for someone to retire for me to move up. I hated being told when to show up, when I could leave, right? It just wasn't me. Um, and so to become an entrepreneur, everything depends on you. You had to step outside the fear again. And along the way, in the past eight years, I've had a lot of losses, a lot of things that didn't work out as planned, things not moving as fast as you wanted to, right? Those things. But every single time you learn from those losses, like I did in October, 
the wins that came back are always bigger and stronger and you're a better person from it, all right? Uh, if your goal is to make a million dollars this year, it's not about making a million dollars, but it's about who you have to become um, to make those million dollars, right? And I think that translates to everything in life. Marriage isn't easy. There's going to be a lot of quote unquote losses or hard times and trials. And instead of quitting, if you learn how to fight through those and understand grace and forgiveness, right? And um, sometimes it's really hard to do that. When you fight through that, you become a better spouse and a better person to love your spouse and your marriage and relationships only get better and better. And so wherever you're at, whatever you're going through right now, fight for it. Um, don't allow fear and isolation to take you over. And uh, that's going to lead right into what we're talking about today because it fired me up. And so I don't watch the news. I don't care for the news. I don't care what channel, what side I believe in. I just don't watch the news. There's nothing good from the news. If something is um, important enough around the world, you're going to hear about it from somebody in your life that walks in at work, um, a family member that comes to your house, you're going to hear about it. If you don't hear about it, it's probably not worth your time to sit in front of the news and listen to all the agendas they want to push towards us. And so this morning, I was walking through the living room. My wife had a TV on. It happened to be on CBS News. I'm going to call it out because it was the worst segment I've ever seen in my life. And they were interviewing a co-host for CBS. And uh, that was on vacation with her family and ended up getting COVID. And so the interview started and the first half of this interview was strictly pouring fear through the TV screen into all the households watching this. She was tearing up. Oh my gosh, we could have been super spreaders. I couldn't believe we did it. Uh, thousands of people could have been affected by us, like totally being dramatic about it. Now, let me preface this. COVID's a real thing. I'm not going to say it's not, right? People are getting sick and people will die. That's just what it is. But is it as big and as dangerous as people want you to think about? I'm one that believes it's not. And so she's draw, she's making this a really big deal. Um, talking about how, first off, they're taking all the precautions. And this is when it first started, right? She's taking all the precautions. She's social distancing. Her family's wearing masks. Um, they're doing washing their hands. And the only thing she started tearing up, and she goes, yet we still got it. Right, which I've been saying from day one, if you're gonna get this thing, you're gonna get this thing. It's not worth shutting down businesses. It's not worth isolating people, which we'll get into in here in a little bit. And then she goes, we got tested and we got COVID and thank God again, she tears up that she got tested because she could have been a super spreader. She could have spread to thousands of people and who know who would have been affected and blah, 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 right? More fear. And the whole time I'm like, just commentary. I'm like, oh my gosh, like let's how let's scare as many people as we can about this COVID thing, right? And um, so that goes on for a while. And then the interview asked her, well, tell us like, how are you guys doing now? And she goes, oh, it wasn't that big a deal. Uh, my husband had a cough. I was a little tired. My kids are perfectly fine, recovered. But we're not doing enough as a society to protect everybody from this thing. In fact, she goes on to say, everyone should carry bags with extra mask in it and a notepad and pen so they can write down where they've been and who they talked to. Okay, so that's just my thought on this whole thing right now. It's absolutely getting blown out of proportion. And here's my whole theory behind that. Isolation fear is what Sane wants. He wants to isolate you and put so much fear in your life. Now, this could be 
I'm talking specifically about COVID and mask and where we're going with this. I think we need precautions. I think we need to respect people. And to put a little more spin on this, I'm actually a high risk person for this disease. I have atrial fibrillation. Funny enough, March came around. I wasn't feeling good. My heart went out again. Go to the doctor. She puts me on the medication. I have a follow-up in July when this thing's full blown out. And she keeps me on my medication even though I don't need it because she goes, hey, you're a high risk. Um, she also said obesity is the underlining condition. And thank God that you've been working on your health for the last eight years. So you're in a better spot than most people are today. Okay. So that's a side note. So I'm talking to you from a perspective that I'm high risk. My dad is high risk. He's been battling cancer and gone through treatment and all that. Thank God he's okay right now. And so I'm not talking to you from an ignorant standpoint of this thing ain't real. I'm talking to you strictly from a point that I see our country going down a line where government or whoever wants continued control to isolate us, fear us, so there's more control. I'm going to prove that to you or give you some thoughts to think about. And again, these are my opinions. It's my podcast, so I can say what I want. And I always are open to feedback and discussion. I don't do that via social media and willing to set up a time to talk to you over the phone, face-to-face, whatever you like, um, and have a conversation with it so we can understand each other's views because I think that's really important to advancing society as we go, right? So after this news, I've been thinking about this all day long. I'm like, oh my gosh, this whole segment was to shoot fear and then it was like, didn't make any sense on the back end, right? So sometimes we go, um, sometimes worry and fear and it makes the circumstances so much bigger in our head when it's really not as big as you want to believe it is, right? So the other day, my son had a homework assignment and he was getting ready for school and he started breaking down because he's worried because he didn't get done something that he needed to get done and he was afraid he was going to go to school the next morning and his teacher was going to yell at him. Now granted my son is in third grade, he's eight years old and he was taking this really seriously and I was trying to explain him, hey look, you're being fearful, you're getting really worked up about this situation that I promise you isn't that bad and you're spending all this time, you're spending all this energy Worried about this when you'd be focusing on other things. Sure enough, he goes to school, not a big deal, comes home a happy kid, teacher's happy with him, not an issue. And I often think in society, we do that the same way, right? We worry a lot, we overthink a situation, it takes our focus off what we should be focusing on, and then when the situation comes, it's really not that big a deal, and we missed opportunities because of it. And so um, be careful of that, and be careful of that fear in your life. Secondly, this thing, and people, so one argument towards me was this. Hey, Josh, look, you're being really selfish about this. What about the people high at risk? I just explained to you, like, I'm high at risk. My dad's a high at risk. Um, but it's selfish not to consider other people. I go, what if I am considering other people? What if I'm considering um, my children? Growing up at eight, five, and four in a society that is telling them to be fearful of this thing you can't see. When the cases are going up, let's not deny that, but so are the people walking out of the hospitals. In fact, I was sharing with someone the other day, isn't it weird that now I get messages on my phone, hey Josh, I got tested for COVID, and the conversation like, man, sorry to hear that. I'll talk to you in a few weeks when you're feeling better. Like a flu in the past, right? 
And so what we need, but so as I think about this and this fear blocking your eyes from what's in front of us, first off, the first thing that happened was the economy shut down. People started losing jobs, financial losses, which led to depression, which we're seeing a higher rate of marriages falling apart. Um, I do a lot with the Children's Advocacy Center, and we know that one out of four, one of girls are, or one of four boys are abused. One out of three girls, and now those cases have dropped because now they're locked behind closed doors. Now there's more kids possibly being abused because there's less eyes on them. We're seeing the the rate, and you can look these statistics up on all of this stuff. You can you're see, you're seeing the use of drug use going up, alcoholism going up. Um, we're seeing a lot of people starting to damage the body, depression, right? We're seeing a lot of people going into worse spots because they're being isolated, because they're being fed fear that they don't know how to deal with that. And I think the bigger damage isn't going to be COVID and the amount of deaths that happen from this. It's going to be the amount of relationships, lives broken, financial loss that comes of this in the years to come. And so we have to ask ourselves as a society, what is behind all this? Why are they pushing an agenda? Why are we living in this fear, right? I don't know. I'm just telling you my thoughts and my opinions because after that news segment, it was the worst news reporting I've ever seen in my life. And I had a journalism background in college, understanding at that time in 2004, it was supposed to be equal thoughts on presidents. That doesn't happen. There's nothing that was taught to me in college of uh, fair censorship with the media or anything like that it's happening today every news outlet has their own particular agenda of what they want to push right so know that saying will use fear to isolate you and keep the focus off what needs to be focused on um and so um understand that covid isn't uh i'm not saying covid is not real i think it's there right in fact it's been around there's reports coming out that's been around since december in fact there's cleaning supplies i say Kills COVID, all right? So to think this thing just popped up all of a sudden. Another argument was, how do you not believe Dr. Fauci? I was like, who said I didn't believe Dr. Fauci? I think Dr. Fauci is a smart man. I think he knows his, his uh, infectious diseases. But just because you're smart in an area doesn't make you a leader of people. Don't doesn't make you understand how to lead people properly or overcome obstacles, right? He's smart in the books. I remember I had a good friend in high school and it always fascinated me. And this is really where my thought process from schoolwork to understanding people took over. He was extremely smart, straight A's, understood all the books, but he had no social skills. He couldn't have a conversation. And as I thought about that, even through school and college and into the workplace, there's I was a staffing and recruiting person, and one of the departments we recruited were engineers, and it was always uh, a challenge when, and this is not got engineers, I know a lot of great engineers, a lot of great people, but when they say we need an engineer with a personality, well, they're so driven procedure-wise, it's hard to have the social skills that came with that, right? And this is in general. There's outliers in every situation. So if you come back to me and say, oh my gosh, um, whatever, there's outliers in every situation, right? So um, what I am saying though, we need to pay attention as a society that I, the damage is going to be greater than any amount of COVID deaths that happen. 
when it comes to everything that's being hidden from our eyes in the form of depression, lives being crashed by that, um, drug abuse going up, alcoholism going up, children not being seen because now they're locked behind the doors, domestic abuse, there's a financial loss, businesses shutting down. Uh, that's going to be the bigger loss than any amount of COVID lives. And so um, I want you guys just to be aware and start asking yourself questions. If is this something that you really need to be running from and over dramatizing, right? I'm not saying don't be safe. Wash your hands, right? Exercise. Um, across my mind, like if the media is so worried about pushing and making you aware of the fear of this COVID, and that's really the concern is to protect you, how come they're not having more conversations and episodes on how to boost your immune system or how to eat healthier or how to uh, get the proper checkups and start and build the habits and discipline it takes to live a healthier active lifestyle. So when stuff like this happens, you're in a better spot than you would be by not doing anything at all today, right? If people really cared about your safety, wouldn't they do things that show you how to stay safe instead of telling you where to um, continue running from. I don't know, to me, that's what I do. If I'm telling you, hey, look, you need to lose 25 pounds, I'm not gonna fear you into where you're gonna die of obesity and diabetes and things like that, and I'm gonna take the steps to show you how to start a healthy, active lifestyle because that pays you more benefit than scaring you what could happen, right? So, as I wrap this thing up, I want to read this to you. So there's things in your life, I think we all have them, where you have these strong memories or things from your past that seem to always just stay around. No explanation. You don't know why. Um, I'm a big believer that God's just continually lining up our lives to put us in positions to be ready for opportunities. Right? And sometimes we miss those opportunities again, as I mentioned tonight, because I think fear stops us from becoming who we need to become. In 2005, um, I think it was 2005, 2005, 2006, I had the opportunity to go spend some time in Kiev, Ukraine um, with some college students. Um, it was a ministry deal and it was absolutely awesome. And the thing that sticks out to me so clearly and vividly, uh, there's two things from that trip. One is uh, one of the college students goes, why do you Americans always have to be the big brother? It was an awesome statement and it led to a great conversation. Um, but the other thing that stood out to me was I was hanging out with these college students, a younger generation, and they had this hope and pride for a better future. They were going and making things happen. And I'll, I'll read this to you in a second because this just happened right before I got there. But then when I got on the train system or walked around the town, the older generation were really secluded. They wouldn't look up. They wouldn't look anyone in the eyes. They were afraid to talk to people and everyone was kind of to themselves. And it was like this big gap of the older generation not wanting to talk, feeling isolated, and then the younger generation making a movement to change that. And so I asked a lot of questions. God, why? what's going on? And the way it was explained to me and uh, was that Russia, right? If you guys go study the history of Ukraine and all that, had a big part in Ukrainian history. 
And when you go downtown Kiev, Ukraine, big, strong block buildings of communism, and they controlled the people. And when they control the people, you lose who you are as yourself because you're being told what to do, what you can't do, where to go, where to work, how to work, how to talk, all that good stuff. And so you lose who you are and who you're created to be. And so as you grow into that culture, you don't know how to live. I think that's my fear for my children. So as I was driving home and thinking about this night, uh, the Orange Revolution popped up back in my head because it was discussed a lot when I was in Kiev, Ukraine. And I want to read it to you guys because I looked it up and started reading it and it just blew me away where we are at as the United States of America with everything going on in news media, with COVID, with do this, don't do that, control, not control, safety, not safety, whatever your argument is, I really don't care. You know what's going on. So let's read this. The Orange Revolution was a series of protests and political events that took place in Ukraine from late November 2004 to January 2005. In the immediate aftermath of the runoff vote of the 2004 Ukrainian presidential election, which was claimed to be marred by massive corruption, voter intimidation, and electoral fraud. Kiev, the Ukrainian capital, was a focal point of the movement's campaign of civil resistance, with thousands of protesters demonstrating daily. Nationwide, the revolution was highlighted by a series of acts of civil disobedience, sit-ins, and general strikes organized by the opposition movement. The protests were prompted by reports from several domestic and foreign election monitors, as well as the widespread public perception that the results of the run of vote of 21st of November 2004 between leading candidates, we're going to say they're both first names are Victor, so we're going to say one is Yashikiko, K-O, and one was C-H, so we'll say K-O and C-H, were rigged and by, and by the authorities in favor of the later, which was C-H. The nationwide protests seceded when the results of the original runoff were annulled and a revote was ordered by the Ukraine Supreme Court for 26 December 2004. Under intense scrutiny by the domestic and international observers, a second runoff was declared to be a free and fair. The final result showed a clear victory for KO, who received about 52% of the vote compared to CH's 44%. KO was declared the official winner with his inauguration on 23rd January 2005 in Kiev, the Orange Revolution ended. So we had a candidate who ended up losing, but because of fraud, corruption, right protest, um, the other president was put back in power. But follow this. In the following years, the Orange Revolution had a neg negative competition among pro-government circles in Russia. Interesting. The country that controlled Ukraine for many years, came back and fought that because they didn't want KO to be in office. In 2010 presidential election, CH, the other guy who lost or who won previously because of fraud and then lost, became successor as Ukrainian president after a central election commission and international observers declared that the presidential election was conducted fairly. Funny, Russia gets involved, things change. C.H. was ousted, the guy that everyone wanted to win, from power four years later following the February 2014th. And that's when, um, uh, 2014, 
unlike the bloodless Orange Revolution, so there was a great, the Orange Revolution was pretty much a peaceful protest, making change happen for the better, getting the right person in there because fraud happened. Now, protests resulted in more than 100 deaths occurring mostly between 18 and, uh, the 18th and 20th of February 2004. So as you guys I don't know, maybe not, in 2014, there were some major clashes in, 2000, uh, in Kiev, Ukraine, um, because again, the president that was not wanted, the one that Russia wanted, right? And then certainly after uh, Russia comes in and takes part of Ukraine, right? Um, creates some major dysfunction. So I want you guys, I don't know. I'm not a gene. I'm not a, these are my thoughts. Isn't it interesting? And I told someone three weeks ago, if you don't pay attention to history, it will repeat itself. We know that all the major um, world powers, anywhere from 300 to 600 years, collapse. We're in that time frame. Here we are in a position now where we, based on your views, are being controlled, telling us to isolate ourselves, putting ourselves in fear, which causing a lot of people who need the help to go more into isolation. And when you put people in isolation, was it easy to do? They're blinded by everything else going on. And so I fear, yes, for my children. I fear for the people who need help because I think there's a lot of hidden agendas going on. That's my thoughts on this whole thing. And it starts with this stupid news report by CBS and how like just awful it was. I was trying to find the videos so I can show you guys tonight. First part, let's throw fear in them. Let's make people run. And then they slightly in the back end, oh, it wasn't that bad. By the way, you should carry masks. You should do this other stuff. Look, live your lives. Step outside the boundaries of fear and live your lives. Step into the person you're designed to be. And the only way you can do that is by ripping off the mask. I uh, posted earlier today that um, I'm going to live a life that's full. I'm going to live a life um, to the best ability I can. And I am not going to die laying down in isolation. In fact, I truly started to live um, when I started ripping off masks and becoming the person I'm designed to be. And there's a lot of masks still within me that need to be ripped off that are being identified daily. And so guys, step up to the game. Ask the right questions. Ask yourself the right questions. Don't just follow people. Ask questions. You're a smart, intelligent person. If it comes to the conclusion that you need to wear a mask, wear a mask. I'm not telling you not to do that. If you want to protect other people, do it. But don't do it because you're being told to do it. Do it because it's on your heart and you've asked yourself the right questions. Hey, that's PK and Mike. Get after it. I'll see you guys next week. And I'm out.